1: Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker.
2: The Pope and Young Club wants to welcome you as we rally together to ensure our bow hunting opportunities for today and tomorrow. You've come to the podcast that believes in preserving, protecting, and promoting the passion for bow hunting. Join us as we strive to be the voice of today's bow hunter. This is the Pope and Young Podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pope and Young Podcast. This is Jason Roundsville. I'm joined today by my co host, Dylan Ray, and we have. A whole gallery for your viewing and listening pleasure tonight. We have the Butcher Buck. We also have Brian Butcher, the guy that connected with the Butcher Buck. We have Luke Buxton and Clint Pope. Guys, welcome to the Pope and Young podcast.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: Hey, you know, I, I I got to meet you guys just a couple weeks ago in Reno. And I have to say, it was... For me, it was an absolute treat because you guys literally walked up and, and you know just said, "Hey, we listen to the podcast." So obviously, you're three of my favorite people at convention, right there. Three of and, the four uh, listeners,
2: right there, Jason. Yeah, we
1: had, and the other guy was in the room, so we had everybody right there. <laughs> um, but no, that was a lot of fun, and so we, I have to tell the story because I don't. You guys set me up pretty good on our on our introduction, so. You guys mind if I if I tell the story, and if I get it wrong, you jump in and let me know where.
4: Oh, we will. <laughs> we were testing you, and you you passed the flying test.
1: Oh man, yeah. So <laughs> so anyway, we're at convention. I'm sitting there, and and these guys walk up, and they're like, "Hey, are you Jason?" I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "We listen to your podcast." I'm like, "Man, that's thank you so much. I appreciate." It. I said, "The other guy that listens right on the other side of the room," and uh, kind of had some fun with it. And then we just happened to be standing by the whitetail display, which was just insane. I mean, have you guys, you guys have been around a lot of whitetails. Have you ever seen anything that big and that many? No, no. not at That's,
3: all. The whole display was magnificent. It was, was just impressive.
1: so cool. And we just happened to, you know, we're now, looking back, it might've been better if we'd been standing by the elk or the caribou or something. But at the time we're, <laughs> we're standing by these monster whitetails, So we're just all in on. I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, which one would you take? If you could pick one, which one would you pick? And, you know, we've got Brian's buck there. We've got Luke Brewster's, you know, buck, which is also a, a tremendous trophy as well as some typicals. And I think one of you guys even said, man, you'd have to consider that Brewster buck and kind of what, and it was just like six feet from yours. And, and so we're kind of looking at that. And I said, you know, what about one of these big typicals? Cause they're just so cool. And then Brian points at, at that one. He says, you know, I'd pick that one. And I turned to him and I opened my mouth fully and inserted my foot. And I said, really? I said, do you have any idea how much grief that cost my measures? <laughs> and then somebody else says, Hey, that's Brian Butcher. So that did, does that do it justice? I mean, is that pretty close guys? Absolutely.
3: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be the first one to say that I think my buck might've been the last one to pick out of that display. But, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, you know, point at that and see what other people's reactions are. See where
1: yeah. it goes. I'm just glad I didn't say yeah. something bad, but because I said yeah, something, yeah. you know, <laughs> that thing. You know, that's, like that's I see somebody. <laughs> yeah. What you would take that really? No, it's uh, <laughs> at least I was honest. I was like, man, that caused our measure some serious grief. I when I saw the final scores after panel. And that all three, the original and the two the two panel measurements, I don't think people realize what it takes to score something like that. I mean, it, we had two different panels of three of the best measures in the world. I mean, these guys are as good as it gets. They measure for us. They measure for BNC. They're just the top of the top. And it took a team of three of those. Eight hours each to do that buck, and I mean they had more—they had more blue masking tape on that thing. I mean than the last house I saw painted, it was just crazy, and and all three measurements were what within like six eighths or so. I mean it was just something
2: three eighths, but don't call it three eighths, Because I watched mm-hmm. the guys over there, and and they like, I mean it was the most intense thing I've ever seen in my lifetime. You'd have thought oh. performing brain surgery.
3: You guys forget the fact that Ken Witt was the original scorer, and so it was a little bit unique in the sense that you know we, we had a, a legitimate panel score Scored oh. the first time.
1: Yeah, so no. it
5: just lent a little credibility.
1: That's that's like saying you know what we're gonna play a little baseball. How about uh, you know we'll do, we'll just we'll just lead off with Babe Ruth. That's like getting Ken Witt to score your buck. I mean, that's starting at the top right there, so.
4: Um, there was a lot of people that questioned things, and then when they heard his name, they were like, oh, it's legit. It's absolutely. Legit. If he did it, it-
1: well, you know, yeah. it's it's just, you know, when you hear about a, a 320-inch buck, you know, something pops to your mind. And and I think in a lot of people's minds, something, you know, more like the, the Brewster buck pops into your mind. But then here's this, absolutely. which – you know, I read some stuff online, and it kind of it kind of irritated me a little bit because they're like, well, that's not really how it's meant to be. And I'm like, what that end up with? 120? 321
3: it- and 3-8 was the net, and the gross was 343 and 4-8. And, I mean, you you look at it here, and you don't even see the full picture because you kind oh. got to tilt that thing around. And, it, it, you know, some people call it like coral or a blooming onion in the sense that well, who knows what happened to it, but it, it definitely. You know, blew up. I
1: got to to lay my hands on that thing, and it is for anybody that doesn't think that's a one hell of a trophy. Let I me mean, just tell you, you're wrong. That thing is impressive. I mean, it doesn't have the, you know, 200 inch frame that you think of with these monster bucks, but that is one impressive trophy. It really is, and it's so unique. I mean, what what else out there is even like that?
3: It's just a good reminder of what nature can produce, I think. Yeah. It it isn't the Brewster Buck. And I mean, the Brewster Buck is magnificent. And it's, you know, it's what you think of when you think of the world record Pope and Young, non-typical whitetail. And um, Luke's a great guy. But yeah, I mean, mine isn't that. And I get that. It's kind of interesting because I think because it is so unique, it, you know, for good or bad, it, it definitely gets people talking about it.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, I'd heard about it and I just never had a chance to meet you until obviously you guys set me up like that. But it was, uh, <laughs> that was fun. I'll tell you that, that was great. I had a lot of, a lot of fun meeting you guys. And, and, uh, and so I've been looking forward since that day, I've been looking forward to this podcast. I'm like, we're going to have some fun on this one. So, guys, I just got to ask, tell us about, the hunt, did you know this buck was in there? Did you know you were looking for this? And, and I mean, did you think it was 300 inches? No,
3: absolutely not to any of those things. And I'll be the first one to say I'm probably the luckiest guy on the planet, at least luckiest uh, whitetail hunter. Um, I had no clue the deer was there. Everything was just pure luck. And, you know, if you go back to kind of the beginning of this story, we had gone out there, I believe it was October 2nd, and it was one of those trips out. It was an evening, probably after work. And we had no real plans other than just trying to get ready for the season. And we'd moved to stand over, you know, not very far, but probably moved it over 30 yards. And we thought we'd sit out, all three of us, in different spots, just kind of an observation hunt. And it ended up raining that night. But anyway, we got a few cameras out and got prepared. and. In the meantime our gear junkie had a uh, plastic tote with some calls in it that somehow fell out of the four-wheeler and so if it weren't for him i wouldn't have been pressuring my wife to get back out there and uh, because clint wanted to go back out there and find those calls and anyway it was a friday afternoon and we had a cold front coming in and it wasn't terribly cold but in October, I think it was gonna drop down into the high forties at the lowest, but uh, we had gone in there and we found his calls and my plans were to hunt over in a draw where some acorns were dropping. And after we found his calls, we go over there and some cattle had got out of the fence. So again, just one of those things of pure luck and didn't think much about it. And since we were out there, we went over and we trimmed out some shooting lanes in the stand that we had just moved the week before. And so Clint and I are out there trimming, trimming, shooting lanes. And I got to give him a hand in the sense that uh,
4: and you busted deer going in. Today. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Busted deer going in. And Clint's a nice enough guy that he let me go in and climb in that stand. And Point my finger <laughs> in a, in a lot of different places, but uh, cut, cut, that. Yeah. cut that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, good that's at
5: that. a good yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Just point. Clearly, I'm good at that. <laughs> good that. At <laughs> <bachelor's>. <laughs> so we hey. got those.
3: Every work crew,
1: every work crew needs a supervisor. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: I'll put my hand up for that. Oh, open yeah.
4: the gate. Cut the
3: uh, you'd think I rolled in there in a,
5: in a limousine. That's
1: next year. Next year it's a limousine. You're not going to have to get <laughs> gates. You're like, dude, I got a 320. I want you to get the gate and, <laughs> yeah, and, and trim that limb right there and bring me yeah, a Snickers I feel, bar. I don't feel you know?
5: bad doing it anymore. Yeah. We don't
4: feel yeah. so bad doing it.
5: Yeah. yeah. Before the it was, uh, yeah, we'd get a little upset, but. Now it's like, all righty, he is the, he's the butcher's buck. We'll go ahead and open that game. <laughs>
1: it's awesome. So,
3: anyway, we got those limbs, the shooting lanes trimmed up, and we just kind of dragged the limbs out of the way and go back to the four wheeler. Clint had to go back. He was more worried about a softball tournament of some sort. And uh, so he left, and I just climbed back up into that tree you know, in the, in the stand where we had just trimmed those shooting lanes and it wasn't, but 20 minutes later I had one buck come in and he hung around for probably 35 minutes uh, huh. and he was actually eating some of the leaves off of the limbs that we had just trimmed down. <laughs> you know how deer will do, they'll clean everything off within reach. Yeah. So all of a sudden you get there and you trim some new limbs down. It's a new buffet for them, but uh, I took a couple of videos of that deer and And, I mean, it wasn't, uh, I think it was 5.55, that buck had walked off and I just let him go. And it was probably within about five minutes. I had two more bucks come working towards me from a different direction and just walking at me. And as you can imagine, I mean, you look at that, the first thought is, you know, he, he's got a bunch of shrubs stuck up in his antlers. He's been making some rubs, things like that. But, like
1: an oak tree and maybe a pine or something. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and anyway, I mean, it, again, just as lucky as can be, this deer comes in like he's on a rope. He turns, heads north and just turns broadside for me at 25 yards. And, you know, as he got a little closer, I felt like it was all antlers, but just still clueless as far as what he was. Took that shot, and man, as soon as I made that shot, I was pumped and started climbing down out of my tree stand and had to calm myself and wait a little bit. I probably only waited five minutes, but it seemed like a half an hour, and climbed down and had a trail camera set up in that area and kind of jumped in front of that and gave it the pose you know this is nice. all before i've walked here yeah yeah <laughs> and uh
1: i can't imagine well, you i just I, for the life of me i just can't imagine any of the three of you guys hamming it up for a camera i just mm, yeah, I yeah,
4: yeah yeah he's taking his tongue out it was pretty well picture
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so so, Luke, where were you? Our, you know, Clemson, a softball game. Where were you on all this?
4: Well, that's the thing. I was at a – I had to deal – I had to be at with my wife. It was the first time of the season. I was at a hospital gala, and I talked to Brian about it. And my wife's like, you can you can go. And I'm like, no, it's first time of the season. He's just not going to see anything, you know. <laughs> He's just going to – and I told him, I was like, it's just going to be an observation hunt you know you're just gonna hunt the edges don't don't be pressuring yeah. in in too far and uh my luck you know all this goes down yeah <laughs> yeah you, you know hey dylan
1: this falls right in with what we talked about even with steve the other day is hey you know you know who never shoots a world record or or a monster like this the guy, the guy sitting on the, the couch guy, or the guy, yeah, yeah, the guy playing,
2: or the guy playing softball
1: or the guy playing softball. None of those guys are out here shooting three twenties. I tell you, it's the guy in the tree stand or in the ground blind or, or stalking. So yeah.
4: I thought if I'm ever going to get some points for the season, you know, now's the time to do it. I can miss the first one and then, you know, that way, you know, Open I got one. Up I got day. one in the books. You know, a couple. Of, yeah, but I was. It didn't work that way. But I ended up. He ended up coming and picking me up at the gala in my suit and tie and pulls in there with that thing and i immediately said honey i'm i'm out of here and we went back to my house and, uh, yeah celebrated in it, the garage so, about to so enjoy it.
1: that's also at the hospital gala you're sitting there in a suit and a tie which i'm still trying to get a picture of mentally and uh, <laughs> and so you're, you're there a suit and tie all of a sudden your buddy rolls up he's got a dead deer in the back of the truck and the hospital folks, did they give you a strange Did they say, you what? You're going to go look at a dead deer? What? Or do you, or, or do enough of them hunt that they understood the significance of that?
4: I didn't even give them time to tell him. Okay. I, I, I was starting to get get worried because out there where Brian's place is, there's no service really. And uh, I was texting him, and it was getting dark, and I was starting to get worried. He was out there by himself. But I was kind of I getting worried like what may have happened. And finally, uh he calls, didn't get any response. And finally he calls and he's like, Did you see the did you see the picture? I'm like, What picture? Did you see something? And he's like he's like, You didn't see it? I'm like, No. What happened? Did you see a good one? He's like, Where are you at? I'm like, I'm I'm at the gala. He's but like, stay there, I'll be right there. So he then he hangs up and then he shows up and I just was like, Uh oh. So I went immediately told my wife, Brian got a giant. I said, I'll see you at the house. The auction was already over. And so I went out there and and, and I just was like, what is that? What is that? Is that an alien? You know, is That, that hey, is a freak. It, it like is it's absolutely a freak. Like nothing you've ever seen before. Like all you could say is just like, what is that? Just, you know, that's not a real deer. That's, that's something from Mars. I'm sitting there with a buddy of mine when I first get the picture, and he's number seven, uh,
5: non-typical Pope and Young. Oh wow! And you've got and a good there, I show him that picture. He's like, what? What is that? And I said, that's exactly what I'm saying. Do you have any idea? And he's like, dude, I, I don't know what that is. It's like never seen anything like it. And uh, you know, Brian, the picture, the first picture he sent was deer laying on the ground in the background, and him bug-eyed. Just, I mean, you can <laughs> see the excitement on his face. Uh, love it. Love what it. What just. Yeah. Of what just happened, and I mean, you know, a few of my buddies that I was with, I started showing, and they're like, you know, they're big deer hunters, and I mean, we all, that's about all we said was, what, what is that thing, you know, I have never yeah. seen anything like. It yeah.
4: could have I- just as easily been plenty eye, though, so. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can. We could be, me or Luke could be sitting in the middle right now, but. What no,
3: did you guys just say? I've never yeah, you sh- of the world record shot. From a yeah. couch? <laughs> I wasn't
1: yeah. on a couch, don't I? Yeah. You know, it could have been me, and, me or Dylan, too. And, you know, we might have at yeah. least been hunting that day. Instead <laughs> of in a softball game or a, yeah. wearing a tie. Come on, now. that's uh, <laughs> That right there, I, I'm sorry, guys. I mean, but that's paying your dues. I'm telling you, that's being in the trees. That's being out in the woods where Jason, you
2: need to be. Yeah. I think we need better yeah. friends because he said that uh, his other friends has number seven. Brian's has yeah. number two. I'm like, either his friends get lucky because wow. of him. I'm like, man, we need to hang out more. I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure how that
1: works. I don't I don't have any friends in the top ten. I, I know mean, just, me uh, other than folks that I've met through Pope and Young. So hey, come down, I down to Wellington. In that case, I do.
2: Come down to Wellington. You can yeah. trim my lanes for me, and then you can go to a softball tournament and I'll hunt. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You gotta man, it's you season, got, right? You gotta
1: deal yeah. I'm <laughs> telling you, he's there's there's a uh there's a real future in lane trimming for this guy. I feel it. <laughs> well at the first
5: time Brian's man, guy. you
4: gotta make a, I trim the lanes for the butcher box. Yeah, you no, know, that's that might be a new tactic. You know, you go in there right before you set, and you just start hacking, hacking trees, uh, limbs down, hacking limbs down, spit a little yeah. Copenhagen on the ground. All good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's you know that that whole story, guys, just shoots. You know, shoots some of these. Uh, you meet some guys, and and man, they won't even drive by their woods because they don't want to scent <laughs> it up, and you know they they they're like pressure washing and and you know, bleaching and boiling their rubber boots and all this stuff. You guys, yeah, we hacked up some lambs, threw them on the ground, spit some Copenhagen on the pile and called it good. And next thing you know, we're shooting a monster buck. So I like that stuff. yeah. So so how'd the rest of the season turn out? Did that stand produce anything else for you guys?
5: Uh, the season was pretty much it was, done. It was, it was uh, done. It was done. Once Brian gets his deer, yeah, it's over. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> season is done okay. good thing i get to hunt in the backyard but yeah as luke says i'm a i'm a little picky on what uh what lives and what what gets uh put down but i think you gotta have some reservations
4: in order to get some big deer yeah yeah you know. I back in a back at his place so all uh, right we wanted brian to be cameraman but he did get me out a few times but it just didn't really pan out yeah some good hunts yeah we got some really good hunts out uh that that same uh season but uh yeah just just the big guy didn't didn't quite give me a chance so well well he, the big a- guy
1: was there while you were at some gala event <laughs>
5: yeah,
2: <So>. yeah
4: <laughs> absolutely
1: you
2: guys yeah. will never live that down now ever it will never happen
4: <laughs> no, yeah. no. Yeah. yeah i'm known as the gala the gala guy i'm about yeah. to my softball glove
1: Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, next time I see your bow, I want to see a little picture of uh, like a softball mitt sticker on your bow. (laughs) And and then, and then, you know what, You, you can put one, of a like a tie, maybe even a bow tie that'd be fitting. Bow tie. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and Brian, Brian, you could just you know, put you just put like 321 in it, whatever the score was, because that's good enough.
5: Yeah, or you know, like
1: just a picture of that, whatever you know. So I think it's important to remember those types of things. So that's,
5: what, that's the whole thing. in 18. I put up 200. Uh, I thought you know, getting a 200 inch steer. Uh good luck boys. He's probably never gonna get me. Right. And uh I didn't even get a year on the throne and Brian puts up three twenty and it was like, yeah, that that's not cool. I mean you just Oh it's very you-
1: cool. <laughs> it's I <laughs> mean <Unless, laughs> Yeah, unless you're competing with it, it's really, really cool. No. Yeah. No,
5: it couldn't it couldn't happen to a better one, but yeah, you want at least a year on the throne and I didn't get that.
1: Yeah. Um, that's uh I I I can't imagine just, I mean, y- you look at, at just the the limited number of 200-inch bucks that get shot. You know, I mean, if, if you're on Facebook, it happens like seven times a day. But if you look at bucks that have an actual score sheet of over 200 inches, it's a pretty rare thing. And it's a special treat. And now all of a sudden, there's there's two bucks at 320. And it just that just blows my mind. I I'm not even sure. I need a calculator. I'm pretty good at math, and I'd still need a calculator for that. That's just an, insane numbers.
2: Hey, don't worry about so, knocking year on the throne because uh, Harv Ebers one time shot a world record moose, and not four days later, Fred Bear shot shot the shot a new world record. So he said, "I had the record for three yeah. days." <laughs>
1: yeah,
3: I think I remember hearing you guys talk about that story. Yeah, I couldn't exactly. imagine that. three
1: days. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's at least he had it, you know, yeah. the, the only way I'm shooting a world record it. is if I go to the mountain archery festival and shoot the Pope and young course, man, that's the closest I'm ever going to get to a 300 inch buck. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's because we shoot the one twenties before the three hundreds to get there, Jason.
1: Yeah, man. 120. Hey,
2: That'd be nice.
1: When are you bringing the uh,
3: mountain archery fest into uh flatland Kansas fest?
2: You know, um, Brandon actually is talking a lot about moving east this year. Um he talked as close yeah. as Branson, Missouri. Um so you know, that's only a couple hours right four hour trot yeah. to us. So uh yeah. Um uh, cool. that's that's the closest he mentioned, but you know, just as, as as much as they keep spreading out, hopefully they'll get they'll get even closer in the next few years. So
1: it's That'd be cool. You know, so I gotta ask guys what's what's next? You know, is Uh, Who who's going to, I mean, you know, you shoot a 200-incher, you don't really expect that to get beat. And now all of a sudden you got a 321. I mean, what's next? Where are you going to go now?
3: I I think Luke kind of started us off, honestly. He he shot a hundred and, what, 77-inch?
4: Yeah, it's in the books. books. Nice book. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, just the mass that you want. And uh, then Clint goes and, you know, here I go. So it's back to me. Yeah. So back to you. <laughs> 3.40. Okay. I don't know if Luke will bring it up, but I, I think I might have shot his buck last year, maybe unintentionally, but uh, we had a great buck on camera, and we, we built a zip line for Luke to get over there because the year before, I told him he could get across in waders, and he proved me wrong. Yeah, it didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, we built a zip line to get across the creek. So we could get into this hunting stand because we, it's you're kind of landlocked as far as you walk in, you're going to bust some deer going in, and then you've got the neighbor's property. So
1: we did that. So, so you built a zip line so instead of busting deer walking through the woods, you're like, woo, woo. Like zooming down a zip line. No, you got to
5: pull
4: yourself over. It's the way okay. back. There. All right. Okay. You can get back to your truck. You can celebrate one handy. It's it's a pretty cool. It goes right to the tree, and it is. I used a fiberglass pulley. It's surprisingly pretty darn quiet. Wow. And you you are you, right in there, and nothing even no scent, no nothing.
2: That might uh, be a new one. Weird. I don't think I've ever heard taking a zip I, line to the tree stand.
4: I did not. <laughs> I just I hooked my hunting harness up to it and. Ratchet, ratchet my pull myself up and just hand over slow my put my on my shoulder on my sling and just pull myself right across and then on the way back I can just zip across that's it. the fun ride but yeah it's a and it's
1: a and how
4: does that process. zip
1: line work if you have a dead buck
4: well, if we got a dead He's, buck, okay. We're going right, all right, all right, yeah, right. I was going to say, you
1: zip line back to the truck. <laughs>
4: okay, because I want to yeah. see that. And
1: at that yeah, I want to see somebody like, like strapping in, you know, one of these great big bucks these guys are killing. I want to see them like strapping that onto their harness and then, like hand over hand back <laughs> across the zip line with that.
4: might be dipping your clothes in the water with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, heard of, I've heard of people hauling deer out with those e-bikes by putting the chest cavity on the seat and the chin on the handlebars and the and – the, and the hooves on the handlebars and riding them out of the woods. I'd like to see that. <laughs> I'm going to try I, that this year. It just got me a new e-bike. You know, I just got
1: one too, and I just tried it out. And um, <laughs> needless to say, I'm not the strongest bike rider in the group. So, it's, <laughs> but. Well, we you know, it's, that's
5: why we got e-bikes.
1: <laughs> Man, I, I'm telling you, I haven't ridden a bike since I was like 11 or something. And now all of a sudden I've, I've, I got this e-bike. I'm trying it out in the woods and, and you know, you, when you're on flat ground, it's pretty good. And then all of a sudden you start climbing this hill and the first piece of sagebrush that's, that hits your pedals, you start getting a little nervous and looking for a place to land. So fortunately I, I roll good. So when I hit the dirt, it was, it was rolled popped right back up and I looked around in the middle of nowhere and I'm like, man, I hope nobody saw that. So, but so I, you know, I got to ask in, uh, here, here you are, Brian, shoot this, this monster 321. How does it feel to do it literally right after Luke just shot his buck? Is there a little bit of, oh, man, why couldn't it have been a little bit sooner? You know, so you could have had your three days of the, of the title. <laughs> <You>
3: know, <laughs> I, I never even thought about that, honestly. Uh, I'm lucky to be here. I, I sit there and feel like I snuck in a party like I shouldn't be there. I just don't feel like I mean, you go to convention and you see you know, so many guys in there that are just legends and yeah, I feel like we snuck in the party.
1: <laughs> well, I'll I'll tell you what and and it's um you know, for me, I, I get to be around a lot of a lot of people in the industry and it it's truly I really get a kick out of somebody like like you guys obviously you're working hard if you're putting up zip lines and and you're trimming lint I mean you guys are doing it right you're putting the effort in which is why you're successful but it's nice to see you know what I consider guys like like I would know be out there and getting it done and being successful and you know genuinely nice guys and and I'll tell you what if if you had to be in there right behind somebody else, L- Luke Brewster's just such a nice, genuine human being that yeah. that's you know, I mean, if you had to be next, you know, right behind somebody, that he's a, he's the guy you would want to be right there with. Luke is deserving,
3: yeah, absolutely. And we got to meet him at the ATA show, like I said. And I mean, just the nicest guy you could ever imagine. And then we got to spend a little more time with him in Iowa, you know, go to dinner, things like that, and then to. Run into him out there. I mean, we we all three got to spend a lot of time with him. And uh, he, he is, a, yeah.
5: I mean, it was just, I don't know what he would say about us, but we sure like Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I mean, don't we worry. We show we're,
1: up Yeah. We're, we're going to have him in a couple of weeks and we'll find out exactly what he has to say yeah. about you three. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> Luke,
3: Luke starts hanging out with us and uh, we wow. try telling him, oh, come, come to dinner with us at convention. And uh, we show up and, uh, we're walking around looking for our table, and I'm sure he thought we were a bunch of clowns that shouldn't have been there looking for table
5: 70. The table 70 didn't exist.
1: Oh, no. We were
5: in the hallway,
1: <laughs> you know. That's that was uh, you're out at the kids' table with me, so you darn <laughs> ass. Yeah, that's uh, man, that's so great. So, I, I mean, what's realistically what what's up next? You got this, or you guys. You know, going back, you concentrating on whitetails again to to make it happen and find find the big brother, or, or are you you going to travel across the country and try out what's what's next up?
2: He's going yeah, after. I think we all. After the, butcher bowl. Oh, yeah. the butcher <laughs> yeah. bull. That's
1: what. Oh man, the butcher bull. I one. want to see that thing.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think we'd all love to get out <laughs> after some elk. It's it's you know. I think everybody struggles with time I mean uh, we talked about going out there out there last week getting some lanes trim repairing some stands but uh, I mean it's a it's a different thing to go from hunting whitetails in Kansas where you can go out for an afternoon you can go out for a day where right come, you know you're putting in seven to ten days and it, it's a real crap shoot I mean I think we'd all love to you know, make that gamble and go for it. But, um, uh, it's just, you know, maybe not in the cards this year, but, uh, we all keep talking about it. And we got to start putting in points and yeah, we'll yeah. get out after L, but, uh, yeah, whitetails in our backyard. It's, it's what we can do. And it's kind of what we know as far as just experience. So,
1: yeah. And you know, and every once in a while we just shoot a three twenty, whatever, you know, just like everybody's <laughs> yeah. backyard.
5: We're pretty lucky to have what we have here in Kansas, as far as uh, what we do, the species we hunt. They, uh, you know, the turkey, the deer, the, the pheasant, the quail. Uh, pheasant quail, they're finally making a good comeback. Uh, good. Turkeys, they've been our oh, uh, numbers man. have been down on the it's turkey, terrible. but uh, you know, hopefully, people, uh, conservation and things like that, uh, flooding, you know, predators, all that plays a big part, and uh, the fact that coons and all those uh, aren't worth a darn anymore. Uh, those turkey, those those land birds, uh, they just get, they get hit hard.
1: Yeah. You know, I was just scouting for antelope last weekend. And uh, so at first I spent quite a bit of time in the desert. It's the first time I've ever seen sage grouse. And I saw a couple different groups of them. So that was kind of a nice thing to see. I know they've put a lot of effort into those lately. So yeah. if, if you guys could pick, just, just go on across the line and I'll uh, Luke, we'll start with you. If, if you could pick one of the 29 species, to go chase, which one would you pick?
4: Uh, it'd probably be elk. Okay. I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to chase elk. And, uh, just to, ch- you know, being on your feet and, and chasing after and just hearing them screaming and the adrenaline rush that I think that it would be, and just the hair standing up on your neck. I think that would just be the ultimate. That's a yeah. bucket lister for, for me. I'm I'm always uh, putting the kids to bed and watching uh, shows and on YouTube and different hunt channels. And I just, that's just something that I'd love to do. I just, yeah.
1: It's, you know, being a
4: be, you know, bucket lister for sure.
1: Yeah. You know, being from the West,
4: it yeah. <laughs>
1: so. It's, you know, um, you know, you guys talk about how good it is. Cause you've got, you know, literally whitetails and, you know, pretty close to the house there. And, and for me, you know, I grew up where I just happened to have, you know, Blacktails, you know kind of in my backyard and then you know roosevelt's are are an hour west and if i want to you know rocky mountains they're they're an hour east along with the mule deer and so it's uh, you know for me i was pretty fortunate to have several species just within a fairly close drive so Mm. but uh, that's nice and uh, clint how about you which one are you going to pick
5: God, I mean, elk would be and you know, elk's a bucket lister. Uh you see those big ram and big goats, uh yeah, to get out there and to get into that country and uh go through what you go through to get uh get to those animals, uh, you know, that would be that would be hard. But I mean I'd have to kind of go with Luke on the the elk, man. You hear those things bugle, uh, you know, that would get your blood just boiling and to get close, get on the ground 20, 30 yards from one of those uh that, that would be an amazing feeling. and I think that's – I say elk because that's probably my best chance on my next right. closest game other than a muley, which is going out western Kansas. And muley are awesome. I, I think I could take a muley every time I go pheasant hunting. But right. if I go out there, oh, it would probably be a different story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: And, and Brian, how about you? If you had to pick one, what what are you going to pick?
3: You know, I'd probably dream big and probably say a moose because I think okay. an elk is attainable, and I don't know that a moose is attainable at this point in my life. So uh, Jordan,
5: on season six, six, did it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, yeah. it's if, if, if I really I'm, tr- tr- I'm really trying to get Jordan Jonas to convention next year. So we got to talk Jason into that.
5: That's a cool guy.
2: I'd like to meet him. Bad to the bone, man.
5: Yes, he is. Yes. Now, he is. I don't know he is. if
2: you're following along. We're going to get sidetracked, Jason, to give me a second. I don't know if you're following along with Alone right now, uh, but Clay Hayes is on it right now. Um, and if you're not following along, I don't want to tell you what he did, but um, Clay Hayes is, is, proven, is proven to be very successful as well. So hopefully he wins it too because uh, I've always enjoyed watching him and, and him making his own bows and stuff. So hopefully he does it too. Go ahead, yeah, Jay. Those,
5: those guys are awesome that can go out there and do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's easy to watch and think, "Yeah, I, I think I could," but uh god, you put yourself in that position, that's a that's yeah. a whole different ballgame. game.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, you tell yourself you're like, "Well, I'm a pretty good hunter. I could probably do it." But you forget that you don't have time to hunt for the first 20 days because you're setting up shelters and and yeah, I mean, it's intense, man. Those guys are crazy.
5: Yeah, it's pretty easy when we just get to go hunt and just pay attention to hunt, but yeah, when you're you're doing it cuz you're hungry. That's uh yeah. you know, that's, that's
2: different. Somebody the other day asked Aaron Snyder online if he would ever do it. And he said, no, I like coffee in Copenhagen too much to quit for, for.
1: They don't, they don't, you can't bring like, you know, some of those shows you get to take like one thing with you. It couldn't be like a case of
2: diet do <laughs> or Uncrustables. <laughs> Maybe Uncrust- some Uncrustables. If you have unlimited Uncrustables, <laughs> I'm in.
3: Oh, we're in. You guys are sponsored by now, right? If we're talking about Uncrustables. Well, you know. know, they
2: said they said, Hey, you know what?
1: We're we're thinking about sponsoring you guys. We like what you're doing with the Uncrustables. But you know, until you have somebody real big and that we we're like, we got Chuck Adams. We're like, who's that? And uh, they said, you know, <laughs> you know, if you had like Brian Butcher or somebody like that, we could we could get behind you. So yeah, that that's gonna be as soon as this airs. That's going to be our next phone call. Uncrustable soon.
5: All, right. We're, we're All right. right. And so then we'll get that invitation
3: up there to where you live and be close to the Tuleys and the Roosevelts and the, oh, man. the, the Rocky Mountains.
1: Anytime. Know? Anytime. Yeah, because I, I let me tell you, I got some shooting lanes that would need to be cleared out. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, i my buddies. Yeah. We'll I don't know. It,
1: yeah. You know, I'm not really in the hospital gala crowd, but I'm sure I could find you something. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> um, you know I'll t- you mentioned moose and i i got to say that if you look at um you know that's one of those creatures they're just immense they're just huge and if you look at the yukons you know they're they're not really accessible and and they're they're way up there you know price wise and things just because of where they're found but you know some of those alberta um, moose the the canadian moose are actually pretty um i mean those are doable they're not outside of what you would consider like a you know a a doable type of trip it's not a twenty thousand dollar trip like some people think it is so um i I know i've been eyeing it it just kills me because i go out and i talk to all these outfitters all year long setting up these auctions for the hunts and i'm just like you know, they're talking about their hunt. I'm just kind of drooling a little bit out of the corner of my mouth. They're talking about moose and brown bear and you know, you get to deal with people, you know, Steve Perrin's up at Rainy Pass Lodge, and, and he's just such a nice guy. And, and you're just like, oh man, how how cool would it be to experience that? And then you look at it and you're like, you know, that's hard. That's that's I'm sure it's well worth every nickel, but you know, it's like, uh, new truck or hunt you know you have to kind of balance that but i think some of the moose hunts um even newfoundland has some some pretty do, i think doable hunts like that too but
2: uh i was a uh, I was on a bear hunt in maine and uh my wife ended up staying she she didn't want to go out hunting after the first night she saw bears heard bears. she's like nope i'm out they'll kill me um so she stayed and Anyways, one night they came back to pick me up and, and my wife rode with a guide, and she said, Dylan, I saw a massive moose. And I'm like, yeah, they're all big. Like, cool. And the guide goes, no, it was 70 plus inches. And I'm like, oh. no, it wasn't. And and she pulled out her phone and she got video of it, of just an incredible moose. And that was the first time i had ever been fired up to go moose hunting. Like when you yeah. see them in the woods and you see them like just doing their thing, I was like, oh crap, I need a moose hunt. Like they're yeah. phenomenal animals. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I mean,
1: realistically, there. I don't think there's any of the twenty nine I wouldn't like to chase. They're just <laughs> yeah, and and you see the ones at panel or at at convention, well, panel and convention, you see those and they're just, man, the, every one is so cool and so unique and just I uh, you know like you say, there's just not enough time to get after all of them.
4: So
3: I've never seen a better display than at convention. I mean, that was just mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, everything for all the, all the species and yeah,
4: that shed hunting those moose. Oh, uh, uh, Clint's a big shed hunter. Loves shed hunting. I I'm, Imagine him finding a moose antler. I bet he'd be so excited. Yeah. <laughs> he want him back to the truck. Yeah.
1: You know, the things, things are 80 pounds, man. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to get them like you do deer, but
2: Jason, uh, what's your, what, what, what would be your animal if you got to pick one? Whew, man. Um, you know, until I get a good elk, elk's going to, you know,
1: I, at, at I've shot, oh, I've shot man. some elk, but until I get the good one, um, I think I need to keep chasing those. Yeah. And right now I'm, I'm excited. I've got a couple of, uh, antelope hunts coming up and, and so I'm pretty excited about those. Cause I'm like, you know, I've got a really good shot at, at maybe not getting something to pound, but at least getting something, you know, solid in the book. So yeah. Right, So this year, I'm going to say antelope and elk, and then uh, who knows what next year brings. Maybe one of those moose. Now, I'm just excited Canada's finally opening back up.
3: Yeah, that's good. yeah. Yep. it's going to be good.
1: Yeah. So guys, if, if if you, you know, last time you suckered me in on this one. So if you had to pick, if you had to make a second choice out of all the animals on that display at convention, what would your second choice be behind the butcher buck for which one you'd like to get?
4: Probably Brewster. That yeah. thing's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Brewster's buck. Amazing. But I mean,
5: you say that and it's like, you're giving us a blank slate. Yeah. You, just, you look at some of those moose. I mean, I think the bison, to get one of those giant oh, yeah, who would that be? I mean, that would be on cool. Wild.
1: And so I like, you know, there's something really neat about the caribou too. Just, you know, they've got yeah. all that massive, you know, antlers sticking up there and, you know, points at the top and points at the bottom. I think there's something pretty neat about those as well. They just make a really beautiful trophy. So, uh, yeah and that uh i just
4: want, I just want you, a drop time but
1: there it. you go yeah so see they, then you can go get a big drop time buck and then you look and you say hey, hey brian look at mine mine's got drop times. yours just has that <laughs> you know
5: well, <laughs> i certainly did not call my shot.
1: <laughs> that? that would yeah that's definitely so is that what you're holding out for this year you're not shooting unless it's got a drop time
4: Uh, (laughs) oh luke's not too picky no it's your default something we only get one one buck tag in kansas so we gotta be we we gotta be very very selective sometimes uh tag suit don't taste too bad
1: (laughs) yeah you know i'll tell you what that's the one thing if you talk to the guys who are shooting these monster bucks um I grew up a little bit different. I mean, man, we went to deer camp and you were just flat there to to hang some deer on the meat pole. That w- that was the goal of deer camp. There was no, I mean, you wanted to shoot the big one, but you'd never pass, you know, one of the smaller ones just in hopes that you'd find a bigger one, but it also wasn't, I mean, it was pretty crowded where we used to go. And, and so I look at, at talking to guys now, you know, you talk to Alan Bullen and, and some of these guys who are shooting, you know, world record animals and they're, that's the one thing they say is, Hey, you know, if, if you shoot this, you'll never get the big one if you shoot the small one. And so these guys are not afraid to eat a tag. And, and like you say, tag, you know, whew, tag soup's hard for me. I don't like to, I don't <laughs> like to go without filling it. That's, that's, that's why the, right? you know,
4: that's why that's those the does are for
1: yeah, that's why the forking horns keep hitting my freezer.
2: <laughs> well, and uh, Alan Bolin actually put out a video today um, on a ram uh, uh, sheep hunt, and he said this is like his 66-day sheep hunting, and he hasn't put a stock on one yet. He's like, and I've right. seen some giants. He's like, just not the one. And that's, yeah. I mean, it's a different mindset. It's a complete different hunt. I mean, when you, when you go into it with that mindset, it's completely different. Yeah, and, uh, he he literally is holding out for for you know top five, and, and that's what he wants. So,
1: yeah, well, I talked to him, and and his goal is to get all twenty nine species in the Pope and Young book that make Boone and Crockett. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, there's people hunt their entire life for one Boone and Crockett animal. Wow. Imagine I trying to do that one. across the board. That's just wow. wow. So. Now, now, where where did yours fall? B and C.
3: It's uh, fourth. Wow. Yeah, fourth, uh, and and it's right. So, what is it? The Missouri Monarch, the Hole in the Horn,
1: which ben were Brewster
3: both and the, found dead. Yeah, the top two are both found dead.
1: So you're so two I mean, hunter taken. Okay. So yeah, as far as so if we yeah. go out on a limb here and just say that you know bow hunters are you know as far as non-typical whitetail go bow hunters pretty much kicking everybody's butt right now is that
3: it's cool and i think what's cool about pope and young is i mean it's it's a different class it's i'm uh, not trying to put myself there but it's like when you when you when you go there and you meet other people you just know you're on kind of the same level in the sense that i mean i shot my deer last year with the rifle. So I'll be the first one to say that I'm not afraid to use a rifle, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, when, when you want to compare animals, I mean, Pope and Young's, that's it.
1: Yeah. It's pretty exciting to see that, you know, cause there's a, there's a, um, it, you know, there's a mistake to both, but you know, Boone, Boone and Crockett with, they just have higher minimums and it's just, you know, I, I don't know if it's harder to make their book, but, it's maybe harder, maybe harder to find an animal that qualifies for their book, you know. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, it's a little not quite as hard if you're shooting it at 386 yards. But, um, you know, there's there's just not as many of those creatures roaming the hills as as what you know the other minimums are. But it's um it's exciting. We we work with those guys very well, and in fact, we just just this last week announced our joint measure manual, which we're pretty excited about. So instead of all the measures carting around two different books, now it's all in in one place. So, well, well, guys, you know what's coming up next because you've listened to the podcast and you know the question that we ask on every single
2: podcast.
3: Probably going to let Luke lead off, and I'd love to steal his comment, but I, I've kind of come up with another one. Something, right.
2: tells me, something tells me they'll have good answers for us, Jason. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I have no idea what Clint's going to say, so we'll, we'll hold tight. <laughs> all
2: right. So,
1: all right. Look, we're going to start with you, man. What is one item, a non traditional item that you find yourself every time when you're, you're out in the woods, you can't live without?
4: Well, lately, uh, uh, I picked up uh, getting a pocket full of milk thistle just to uh, toss a little bit out and then to see, you know, where my actual, where my scent's going. And uh, I think that, that 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 seems like it works really good to see, you know, sometimes it, it goes down, drops and just takes off and loops back around you and you don't even realize. But uh, instead of, you know, some people have the powder, little squirt powder, right. powder deal. But uh, that that uh, real, the real light milk thistle seed, that stuff works really good. So every now and then I'll toss a little bit out and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm really going to get busted over in that, okay. that side, you know or, or you know, surprisingly, my scent's looping back around and going down the creek bottom. And so i got to, you know, really be conscious of over there. So it's kind of amazing the way that stuff floats around, and I kind of imagine my scent doing the same.
1: You bet. So you're worried about scent unless you're, like, clearing shooting lanes and just throwing it in a pile with the coconut.
4: <laughs> you know? I do a lot of stand hanging. I do a lot of stand That's hanging, good. too. That's <laughs> good. I thought that was pretty – Pretty interesting. Uh, that guy um, you guys had on in the past about how imagine your whole body is covered in paint when you're walking into the woods and, and you're getting yeah. wet paint every touch. And I thought that was really really interesting. And then your scent is doing the exact yeah. That was pretty interesting.
2: Sure. Yeah, go to uh,
1: you know when and when I'm when I'm especially elk hunting. I I sent I use the scent free stuff on everything. And I mean, I hose myself down pretty good and I was in a ground blind. This, this goes back a little ways, but I was in a ground blind, walked into this, this blind. And I saw a cow elk coming down and literally right when she hit the trail that I'd walked in on after I'd, you know, squirted myself down with everything um, she didn't lift her head up and look around. She just took off and ran. And it, it's amazing, and and this was probably an hour later. It's amazing how much they can they can pick up.
4: There's a uh, one other kind of unconventional thing I do after work. I I get right off of work and I throw my clothes in my uh, scent crusher bag and fly out to Brian's and rushing for time. I'll I'll strip down, jump in the creek, rub creek mud all over myself, <laughs> and I just smell like a dirty old creek. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it, it wasn't do anything. Else? What it's
1: do they? Better, call them? <laughs> yeah, so it's serious. What do they call it Cajun seasoning in there in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, okay. so so either some milk thistles or some Cajun seasoning in the creek. Um, that's probably a little bit easier to do oh, b- before you hit 32 degrees. <laughs> so, all right, Clint Clint, you're up next. God, I, I can't say I've
5: got much that most people don't take. I'm kind of a minimalist. Uh, I mean, I take my release, rangefinder, uh, binoculars, uh, my Copenhagen. Uh, I'd say that's, that's probably my item that I take in that most people don't go into the woods yeah. with. But uh, you know, long sits, you got to have a friend out there. You take the snack. T- I, I don't bring.
1: <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't chew, and I used to have a. Uh... He used to have a good buddy of mine and and every time we go hunting, I'd I'd zoom it, you know, we'd be getting fuel or whatever. And I'd zoom, I'm like, You want anything? He's like, Yeah, grab me a Diet Coke and a can of Copenhagen. And I'd always walk out with a with a bottle of Diet Coke for him and I'd never buy him Copenhagen. But after your story about piling up the limbs and spitting a little Copenhagen on it, who knows, man? I might pick up a can and I'm gonna say, you know what? It's this it got the it got the butcher buck. Can't hurt me. Yeah, so, yeah, that's just Wait,
3: right. so, yeah. somebody's just looking for a sponsor. I think.
1: I don't know. <laughs> that, yeah. Okay. You know, I want to keep my business. All right. Well, we'll. Uh, you know what? If hey Dylan, if Uncrustables doesn't come through, then
2: we can talk to Copenhagen.
1: <laughs> uh, we need to make this
2: question. We need to make this question presented by Uncrustables. Yes, I think so. Official yeah, tree stand snack of America.
1: You know what? I think we need to we need to have a Pope and Young branded Uncrustable that has a wrapper that's quieter. It's now the only, that's the only drawback I've heard to Uncrustables in your blind bag. Now is, talking. That the right
2: one. No, one time I got mad. One time I got mad at my kids because they got in the fridge and they took the ones that were in the Ziploc bags rather than the Uncrustable bags. And I'm like, hey, who ate the Uncrustables? And they were like, I grab one for lunch, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but you got one of the quiet ones. Yours are the loud ones. And my wife's like, you're really getting mad at them for eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah. I'm like, they ate the wrong ones.
4: Yeah. Okay, I'm that's about river water and creek mud sand. If you guys want in on it.
5: Yeah. <laughs> Has Butch ever told you about his deer dander theory? Let's hear it. What's deer dander? Deer dander. You tell them about deer dander. He put about half a bottle on before old 320 hit the ground. <laughs> yeah, every hunt, he hits himself with that stuff. And, uh, you know, maybe a squirt or two might be natural, but 12, oh, come 12 on, is now. not natural. Uh, it's pretty strong.
1: <laughs> so, and it's, You ever it's, heard it's, of that, Jason? I have. It's called deer dander. deer oh, dander. Deer
3: dander. It smells deer dander. Smells like a deer. I like trying to attract them, but it
5: mildly attracts. It smells like riding ones. on the back of one okay
1: yeah. i you know i haven't i've seen a lot of stuff i'm, I'm not familiar with that but what a guy that just shot a 320 tells you about deer dander you know but yeah. yeah i'm not sure if that's a real product or not but people are going to be googling it next week so we better pop something
5: oh, yeah. up there man it's real, it's real. just <laughs> buy an early it. season
1: i'm going to google it
2: right now yeah, so is that
1: yeah. that same
4: bottle from about four years ago. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so Brian, is is that what you're you're gonna lean on deer dander? Is that the one thing you're taking with you in your pack?
3: I don't know the one. Maybe the one thing that helped me the most last year was I took a screenshot. There it is. There, yep, that's it.
5: Old red label. Yep.
1: yep. Wow. Jake, you it. want me to that's have it
2: to your house or my house? <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, we'll send it to your house. Bottom you can try boot. it out. Okay. <laughs> Let me know how you're feels Is there thing on the bottom
5: stuff. of your boots? I'll tell you that. Is there only one following kind of you? i <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah.
3: No, uh, I took a screenshot of the hourly wind direction on my phone before my hunt last year because it was shifting a little bit, and I don't get service where I hunt. <laughs> and I thought that was a good one.
1: That is a good All right. So... Yeah. If I was Brian, I'd I was take him. I, I think it, if I'd ever shot a buck like that, you know what I'd take in my pack? Like two tape measures in case you wear the first one out. That's what I'd take. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't even know how to score that. That'd be the first one to tell you that. You want to talk about being clueless. That night we were cleaning it. We're sitting there just counting points and points. It wasn't until my boss got back to town on Wednesday before we scored it. That's And then it was...
4: Yeah. I just kept getting more and more. Every time they counted, they'd they'd find 10 more points.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and that's, see, that's what I would have expected. And to have three different measuring crews go through that and be that close, just, it still blows my mind. I mean, you just don't expect it to be, I know those guys are amazing at what they do, but I mean, that's, that's just to another level. That's to a level that you just wouldn't expect. So. That's – man, I got to tell you guys, you know, Brian, congratulations on a great trophy and and also having some great buddies, man, because it sounds like you guys have a lot of fun. I know you were at convention because I I was having fun with you, so.
4: That's what it's all about. That's exactly
2: So we got to ask, did you win the softball game? (laughs) No. It
4: was actually –
5: it was in end of season softball bonfire I was having at my house. Oh my god! So, you weren't
1: even playing. What, it wasn't even a oh, game. We were, we were drinking and throwing wood on the fire. I know. All right, I over know.
2: and out, Jason. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> this is I'm just this.
1: Up. That that uh, you know the only thing I'm trying to think back over thirty years of being in the outdoors. And and I'm having a hard time coming up with anything that could even compete with, you know, a softball bonfire while my buddy shoots a 320 white tail. The only thing that I've heard that's probably that, that, you know, that might be that ridiculous, uh, Clint, is uh, years ago, and I'm not even sure, I'd have to Google what year it was. But years ago, I was hosting, I was chairing a Ducks Unlimited dinner. And a whole, like two tables of our best people uh, work for a car dealership in Junction City. And two of the tables of our best supporters kind of canceled at the last minute because they said, oh, that's the same night as the Seinfeld you know, finale episode. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding
5: me. I'm oh, in Seinfeld. So
1: that's how far back I have to find something as, as you know, ridiculous as a softball party. Bonfires
5: so are usually a pretty good time, but yeah, I don't know if I've enjoyed myself with Seinfeld. Yeah. but So
1: it, it yeah, next time, hunt till dark, then you start the fire. Cause fires are good after dark. They're even better after dark, you know, after legal shooting time. So that's, that's my word of advice to the guys who are all out there killing monster bucks. So from the guy who's not, well guys, Hey, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, I knew we were going to have a good time and, uh, and I sure did. I appreciate it. It was great to meet you at convention. I hope you're making it back to Reno in 23 uh, we've got some plans for that one to be even bigger, even better, and uh, I, I hope you've got another one there on display. That would just tickle me.
2: So, yeah,
4: good luck with your podcast in the future. Hope it looks like it's going going great. We uh, need all the
2: we can get. Hey, I appreciate you guys listening,
1: man. That was one of the coolest things that happened to me at conventions. Hey, we listened to your podcast. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty great, you know. And, uh, now that I think you actually meant it, so that's even better. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So guys, Hey, congratulations on, uh, on everything. Um, it, it just, I can't wait to see, and you know, the other thing is you got a video coming out on this thing, a film that they're, they did of the process. Hey, what's the update yeah. on that? So it's called buck
3: fever. At least that's the plans of it now. And it's really close to be you know, getting buttoned up. They're they're trying to send the last bits because they had sent everything to an editor uh, before a convention, but obviously we had convention and then uh, there was a few weeks of stuff before that. So they're gonna try to wrap that up. Uh, the idea is it's kind of the journey through the process. I don't think anybody's ever kind of done this, but uh, met a film crew through friends of friends, um, within a week after shooting that buck and they kind of went through everything with me. And I was lucky enough to bring these two guys with me, but, uh, whether it was going through the scoring process or, uh, going to conventions, things like that. Um, it's just kind of a firsthand view as far as, you know, what happens if you shoot, you know, a a potential world-class animal. Yeah. And so working on that, uh, hopefully they'll get it, uh, out to one of the streaming shows, they seem pretty confident. Uh, but if you check out Buck Fever Film on Facebook, uh, they'll be putting out some updates
1: on that. Excellent. Well, when that hits, you let us know. We'll we'll put it everywhere. We'll let everybody know about it. Awesome. So appreciate it. Well, guys, hey, um, I'm excited to see it because I know we you know we had some parts of it with convention and also with panels. So I'm excited to see it. And and now that I know, you know, man, I, I met Brian Butcher. So, <laughs> the luckiest at, guy. I, you know, that's so great. So, guys, thanks so much for being here. Had a great time and uh, best of luck this upcoming season. I, I'll, we'll do it again with your next 320.
5: All right. You got it. Perfect. You thanks so
1: much.